Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome in our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game Playoff Edition. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, and uh, let's get right to it, Steiny. It's the Warriors and the Nuggets. First round set to begin as we record this on Monday. Uh, they're going to begin on Saturday. We'll, we'll figure out the rest of the schedule as we get through the week. Uh, but the Warriors wind up as the three. They wind up getting Denver as a six. And, and the Warriors close out the regular season by winning their last five games. Just some general early thoughts on the Warriors getting the three and landing with the Nuggets. Yeah, I think it's uh, probably a tougher matchup than had it been Utah. But by the same token, I think uh, if if – Steph Curry can play game one or maybe even game two. I think they can still win that series. Um, to me, that's going to be a series where the Warriors have just more players. Uh, I think the thing that's a little bit scary is that, you know, on any given day, Jokic is probably going to be the best player on the floor uh, because he's been the best player in the NBA all year. So anytime the other team has the best player, you just never know because the one thing we've seen with Jokic JD is he can, you know, he can control a game for long stretches and he can slow the game down. And that's what he's done a few games this year against the Warriors. Um, but I still like the Warriors in this, in this matchup, but I could see Denver getting a game or two. Yeah, I, I could as well. I, I think really what it boils down to just the initial thought, and I know we're going to get into Curry and, and his availability because that's going to be something everybody's focused on all week, and, and it does play somewhat of a factor in, in, in how this thing plays out. But as far as it, it's Jokic, who's probably going to win the MVP again, who deserves to win the MVP again, at least in my estimation. But we're talking about Jokic and – we're talking about Monte Morris and Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green and Will Barton, who hurts the word, Austin Rivers, Bones High. I mean, these are the next best players. Maybe a little DeMarcus Cousins, who at times was pretty terrible against the Warriors this season. Uh, so I just look at it and, yeah, Jokic is going to do his thing. The Nuggets are scrappy, right? They have some athletes. They have some guys that are that are going to play you hard. I just don't think that they have enough firepower beyond Jokic to really make this a legitimately competitive series, assuming Steph Curry's going to be playing in, in all of these games. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming Curry at worst misses a game or so. I think even if he misses two games, they're going to be all right. Um, but but we have to we have to see. I mean, the the one thing about about Denver is they've, I mean, they've played all year essentially now without Murray and without uh, you know Michael Porter Jr. So even though these are not the guys they thought they'd rely heavily on. They have played together all season and and they kind of know each other and and maybe more than that, they've had they've had a little success against the Warriors. So um you know that's that's something that's I think you got to put in the back of your mind. But again, I I do just think the Warriors have more more good players than Denver does. They're deeper than Denver. The only wild card I would say is is even if Steph Curry comes back for game one, you wonder how long the adjustment period will be with that team. And I'm talking about the Warriors basically playing together for the first time all year when they have their full complement of players. What's that going to mean to Poole? Does he go back to the bench? Where does Wiggins fit in? And all the way down the line, everybody's going to be affected. So. You still got to wait to see how that plays out. No, we do. And I think the the one part of the Warriors facing Denver is Kevon Looney almost has to start, right, in this. And so if Steph Curry is back, and again, you know, yesterday, Sunday, final day of the regular season, was really the first time Steve Kerr put some legitimate doubt on whether or not Curry was going to be ready for, for game one. Now, you could win game one without him, and all of a sudden you're in great shape, and maybe you're talking about him not playing in game two. We've seen the Warriors, though. That's right. That's right. We've seen the Warriors, though, lose game one, you know, or lose a game in the season and look, you know, just to anybody. All bets are off without. And so now we're talking when when Curry doesn't play, all bets are off. It doesn't matter the opponent, the Warriors. It's it's been better these last five games, but they can. They can lose to anybody and look ugly against anybody. So I think we need to get – let's not get too carried away with the whole notion that, hey, the Warriors have won five in a row. And you know what? Even if Curry doesn't play, uh, the Warriors could win this series even without Curry, just just straight up, like if he didn't play any game. I don't want to go that far with it. If you lose game one without him, then all of a sudden there's exponentially the pressure to get him back in. So a lot to chew on there, but but the one part of Curry's return is do, do you start small with Draymond against Jokic or and and allow Poole to keep starting, or do you kick Poole back to the bench? Because that could be a tricky issue, whether it's game one or game three or wh- whatever it is upon Curry's return. Yeah, a couple things. I, I think one thing we kind of I've always felt about the Warriors during at least their championship run is you know, let's say Steph Curry doesn't play game one, but the Warriors win. Well, then they start thinking, well, maybe we could keep him out game two. And if we keep him out game two, exactly. You start playing that game of, of looking how much rest you can get and, and not really worry about things until maybe you drop your first game. So that's always, I think, kind of on the table. I think against Denver, I think the Warriors are going to go, uh, Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. I think that's who they go with. It's kind of the safest lineup. It's I know we're moving Pool back to the bench 
to come off the bench. I think he's fine with that. I think it's more about minutes for uh, Jordan Poole, and I think he's going to get plenty of those. I'm not saying there won't be times maybe during the playoffs where Poole doesn't start, but I think Denver is a team that the Warriors have seen enough of, and Looney's, you know, Looney's going to have to occupy some minutes against Jokic at some point or other. And to me, you may as well start Looney because he started most of the games this year. And this is kind of a fit for him in terms of, you know, who he can defend and and how much they need him to defend Jokic. Yeah, and I, I think you could see and almost hear Steve Kerr talking about wanting to have a little more defense on the floor at the beginning of the game, wanting to, you know, maybe you know, just have a big body to put on on Jokic early. One one interesting thing. Uh, about this matchup this year, and I, I didn't realize it till I was I was digging through uh, some of the numbers. Draymond Green didn't play in any of the four games. Right, he, he didn't play in any uh, of the four games. Uh, and you know, in the past, he's he's done okay against Jokic. Jokic, he, he makes it hard enough on him to where I think the play in this series, maybe not at the start of the game, but I think the play in this series is. You let Jokic do his thing, and you don't start helping and doubling or anything like that because that's where it starts to make it a little bit easier for some of the others to to have a little bit more freedom. I think Jokic, you could play Jokic tough, and he's still going to get his 30, 15, and 8 or whatever it's going to be in this series, but you don't want to let the other players, to me, get in a rhythm because it's just – abundantly clear that they that they don't have enough signing yeah and that's why um to me that's why looney makes sense to start because i to me what you don't want and i think i think we're going to see this in the series i i think we could see um Jokic get get draymond into a little foul trouble and so i think you want to kind of postpone that as much as possible meaning draymond garden uh, Jokic. So you start out with Looney. Maybe Looney gets two in the first six minutes. Then maybe you go to Draymond Green, who ideally at that point hasn't fouled. But that's the one. That's the one issue I think where the Warriors could be susceptible is Jokic. Jokic is good enough to get both Looney and Draymond into a little bit of foul trouble. And now if that happens, well, Jokic is just by far the biggest and the most skilled player on the, on the court. So I think you got to figure out a way to, to make sure Looney and, and Draymond are on the court um, 80% of the time when Jokic is playing at least because somebody's going to have to pay attention to him, whether it's one or those, whether it's Looney or whether it's Draymond Green. Uh, but the idea of Draymond starting on him and maybe picking up a couple quick ones, you know, that, I don't think the Warriors want that at all. And, and you know, it's interesting because, you know, the end of the season is coming. We've talked a lot about Draymond and Draymond with the officials and, and, and how boisterous he's been and how he can, he can, you know, lose some composure. And that's the one thing, if I were the Warrior fans, I'd, I'd worry about a little because and this, and this kind of goes back to what Eddie Johnson said about <laughs> about Draymond and and the juice. Look, if Jokic is going up against Draymond Green, this isn't five years ago. Like Jokic 
we'll probably get the benefit of the doubt uh, on on any any type of calls because Jokic is a basically the two time MVP. So this could be a game with a series where Draymond's really gotta kind of keep it cool because it's a series where he may feel like you know he's he's not getting a good whistle because he's going up against not only somebody who's unbelievably skilled but who's a superstar in the league yeah and so i, I think that's a, a well said really and and just knowing that the warriors you keep your composure and knowing that you staying out there it, in essence it's not about you right it's about if you're out there you're going to win anyway so just so just relax a little bit, right? And yeah. Let, and let things play out, and and not set. You know, I, I'm a believer that things that happen in early rounds impact later rounds, and and we we saw that going back to 2016, where Draymond found himself in a number of number of different incidents with the officials or with other players on other teams, and you know it was. Right. All right. This isn't a big deal. That isn't a big deal. But eventually, all of it together became a big deal. Whether it was exactly. Stephen Adams, and then eventually LeBron, and and him racking up points for 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 different types of fouls in that postseason. All of that stuff matters. I think especially this year because the Warriors don't have as good as the Warriors are, and I think we both think they they there is a pathway to them maybe getting to the finals or winning it. The margin for error is is a lot different than 18 or 17, 14 or 15, 16. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a case where, you know, I what is I don't know if it's seven points off the top of my head that, that you get and then you get suspended. But, but he can't be four games into the Denver series and he's already got, you know, two flagrants and, and two technical fouls. And now all of a sudden... You know, he's got to now all of a sudden he's got to be he's got to lay low for a series and a half. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, he can't let he can't let Denver, um, you know, rack up points against him, even as the Warriors are winning the game. I think that would be the I think that would be the goal for Draymond Green is to come out of this series with the Warriors win five games. Uh, win in five games and maybe he gets out of the first series with you know one technical foul or or one flagrant one or something like that let's be honest he's going to need those in the if if the Warriors are going to play Memphis and Phoenix he can't be using them up against Denver because he's going to be using some of them up against Memphis I would think so yeah I would think so (laughs) I would think so for sure our, our Warriors Weekly Podcast, we're rolling on here. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz for 95-7, the game. The first of our playoff preview, uh, round one, as the Warriors taking on the Nuggets. Uh, Clay Thompson, got to talk about Clay. He looks as close to back at, as he has at any point since January 9th. You look at the last four games for Clay, he finishes with 41 points in the game against the Pelicans and it's spread out. He had 41, he had 33, 36, 37 in the final four that he played. No back-to-backs. There was some extra rest time with the way the Warriors did it, but he looked, he looked incredible in, in these last four games. And I think if you're the Warriors, you're feeling better about him now than you were two weeks ago. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think like, if I were a Warrior fan, yes, I would feel much better about Clay Thompson than two weeks ago by the same token JD in a way I feel like what happens Saturday uh, 
when this series starts is starting from ground zero for Clay Thompson. In other words, this will be the playoffs. It's different. So while while there were some encouraging signs, you know, the last two weeks, I don't necessarily think that think that he just takes that into the postseason. And one of the reasons I don't think he takes it into the postseason is because most likely Steph Curry is going to be back. And whether you like it or not, when Clay Thompson shot hunts without Steph Curry, it's more okay. But it's when it's when Clay Thompson shot hunts and he's not making shots and Steph's on the floor with him because now you say, well, maybe Poole and, and Curry should be shooting these shots. But when Curry's not playing, it's got to be Clay or it's got to be Poole or it's got to be Wiggins. I, I still think we have I still think we have in front of us situations where we we gotta see we gotta see Clay not hurt the Warriors if he's not 10 for 18. And he used to be a player who could do that, who you could look at the box score and it would say seven for 18. And he ended up with 19 points. But you look and you say, boy, did he do a great job on Harden or boy, did he do a great job on this guy? So to me, the next step for Clay is to be a big factor or to be a factor when he's not scoring 25 points and he's got it in him. He's got it in him because he's, he's a good defensive player. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing. Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados. Like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo. They are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But I really haven't seen defensively the player that we saw three years ago yet. Well, just don't have the bad be as bad as the bad has been, if that makes sense. I, I don't even think it's about be a better defender or or do other things. To me, it's just don't let it turn into five for 21 when there are other right. options. Like may, maybe it's going to have to be five for 15 or 16 at that point. Do you think he has that in him? 
Probably not. And I think, I mean, for the most part, no. And I think, look, I mean, Steve Kerr doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, whatever, in, in his conversation with Tim Kawakami, I'll ride with Clay forever, right? right. The quote that came out of, out of their the podcast. And so, I mean, I, I think Clay has been emboldened to, to just be himself and, and who cares? I think part of that was none of these games really matter. And talking about the regular season games, that does shift, though, beginning with, with game one on Saturday. Right. And I do think you know, it, Curry is tied to this because Curry and Clay and Poole, and even to an extent Wiggins, are all tied together, right? There's, there's one version with Curry playing. And that impacts Clay the way you laid out. And then that impacts Poole, who may not start. And that impacts the shots that Wiggins is going to get. Is Wiggins a factor if he takes fewer shots? You know, a big part of the, the Warriors' success here lately has been Wiggins has had a few more of those seven for tens that were maybe three for eights or two for right. sevens, uh, you know, in the weeks prior to that. So it is all connected, I think, somewhat to, to Steph Curry. No doubt about it. And, and you know, Wiggins is going to be such an interesting part of this because, you know, it's funny. About a week or two ago, I was thinking about the lineup of uh, Curry, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Green. And I thought, man, there, you have four guys there that are essentially scorers. And I put Wiggins in there. And I don't like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't like that. Uh, especially because two of those guys to me and even three now with Clay are kind of one-dimensional. They're scorers. You know, Clay's not the defensive player he was. You know, Poole's starting to play make more, which is a good sign. Uh, and Wiggins, to me, is just the kind of guy who can get you 18 without running any plays for him. But I'm starting to come around to that lineup because Wiggins can defend. He's shown he can defend. And even though maybe on the offensive end he can't spread the ball or or make other guys better, he's the one guy on the team that if he goes five for nine, that's fine with him. Like that doesn't carry over. In other words, he's a scorer, but if he doesn't get his 15 shots, it's not a problem for him, especially if they're winning games. So the more the more I think about it, I think that's the best Warriors lineup um, because he is capable of making a couple shots. Now, if you put Iguodala in for the Wiggins spot, let's say you go Steph, Clay, Poole, Iguodala, Draymond. I don't know if that's you know that's two non-scores. They're flat out non-scores. Can you do that? Well, maybe, but then those other three guys got to score a lot of points. You know what I mean? Um, Iguodala is not going to get you 17 by accident. Wiggins might. And so I think that's why Wiggins, to me, the more I think about it, that's the Warriors' best five. When Wiggins plays three, Draymond four. I'm sorry, Wiggins four, and then Draymond at, at the five. The one, the one thing is, though, you, you want to keep Wiggins defensively, I think, out on the perimeter because I think that's where he's a better right. defender than if he has to defend on the interior, especially against somebody bigger. Draymond's great at defending bigs, bigger players inside or even outside. Wiggins is much better 
as a wing type of defender. That, and that's the other, you know, I mean, I'm just rambling, but that's the other thing you look at and you start thinking about the playoffs. And if Clay's can give you something defensively, well, now you're back in that area where we got Clay, who's a good wing defender. You got Wiggins, who's a good wing defender. Iguodala can defend out on the wing. Draymond, if he has to. And that starts to remind you about the old Warriors teams that used to be able to switch everything. So that's that's one thing I'm going to kind of be looking for too. Um, you know, Clay on the perimeter, and if if all of a sudden their their perimeter defense starts kind of locking people down a little or not letting guys get to the basket, that's where I think they can get better defensively on the perimeter now that everybody's healthy. Yeah, and I think that the, the closing lineup is going to be at least in pencil, Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and then you kind of go from there. Will there be a game or two where it's Iguodala over Wiggins? Possibly, but uh, I think that's kind of case by case. And they, they, they aren't necessarily going to be able to play Iguodala no. a lot of minutes either. And I think they've also kind of penciled him in of late as the backup point guard. Now, some of that is Curry not available but you know him and Draymond are the the ancillary playmakers, even when Curry and Poole are, are on the floor. So I think that that five is going to be the closing five, and the offense versus defense debate of can they be so good offensively they don't have to be as good defensively, or can they be good enough defensively where it's to your point lights out? Like if that group actually does become really good defensively, offensively they they should be on point, and then that's where the Warriors I think become maybe an extra level of, of dangerous uh, final yeah. couple of minutes here, a uh, couple of things. And the Warriors did close with that three guard lineup, by the way, and the one win they had against Denver on March the 10th. Uh, and that was the game. If, if you remember, and I, cause I want to get into the coaching matchup a little bit. I think that's one area. There's two things that Michael Malone uh, and one relates right to what we were talking about. If you remember the game that the Warriors won in Denver Warriors were playing the three-guard lineup at the end of that one, and Malone hard doubled Curry, like at half court, like taking it out of your hands at half court. If you remember, Jordan Poole wound up with two wide-open threes that were dagger shots in that game. It had been a pretty close game. And so having the extra weapon, and that was a night where Clay was struggling. That was seven for 20 and two for eight. And the extra player that could make a shot, wound up being the difference there with the way the, the Warriors were defended and the way Michael Malone chose to attack it. The other thing Malone did uh, was in the 16-point comeback that the Nuggets had on February the 16th is he went to hack a loony in that game. That's right. Oh, that's right. And I think you're going to see kitchen sink stuff from Michael Malone. I think he, you know, he's got Jokic and a team of just kind of bench players, really. Right. And so he's going to have to, I think – try and be creative to try and keep his team in it. Are we going to see Hacka Wiggins? We're going to see Hacka Wiggins maybe try and get in his head a little bit. Hacka Looney. I think you're, you're going to see a lot of different looks defensively as well uh, from, from the Nuggets against the Warriors as they try and slow him down. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I expect that obviously. And you know, the one thing Mike, Mike Malone, Michael Malone is, is uh, I mean, he knows the Warriors. He really does. And, uh, you know, the one, the one guy, believe it or not, who I'm not that worried about for the Warriors, I do think he's going to be okay, is Jordan Poole. The only, like, Jordan Poole, to me, is in a great spot in this postseason 
as long as he doesn't try to do too much. And the thing about Poole that I think has been interesting is if you look at it most of the year or a good portion of the year, he's played either without Clay Thompson or without Curry. So for most of the time this season, the Warriors have relied on him to be a 20-plus point scorer. He doesn't have to be necessarily anymore. They might need him to be a 20-point scorer, but he doesn't have to go into every game if they're healthy thinking about kind of scoring. The only thing I'm worried about with Poole is he doesn't need to ever try to do too much unless they're missing a guy or two. Then, then, but, but otherwise, I think the game's going to come to him. I really do. And I yeah. think he's going to find himself, you know, in some really advantageous spots. So I, to me, Poole's really kind of become a smarter player. He's also clearly trying to pass more, be more of a playmaker. And, you know, he starts doing that. And now maybe, maybe the Warriors do have something pretty, uh, pretty special. Yeah, the game can come easier. He may have to make some big shots in a lot of these games as opposed mm-hmm. to be a to be a carrier, kind of like the game exactly. in Denver. He hit, a, exactly. he hit two of the biggest shots of the game. It helped offset the fact that Clay Thompson was not having a good game, and it wound up being you know difference making in terms of of the outcome. Uh, final, just two things I had jotted down here: uh, Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, excellent final two games of the season for for Kaminga. Does it change anything in your mind as far as how he's going to be used? Because I, I look at, at the playoff rotation, and you know where I'm going with it. There, there are at least nine, if not ten, players that are still ahead of Jonathan Kaminga in the, in the pecking order as, as you pencil out a rotation. Doesn't mean he's not going to play, but I still get the feeling he's not going to play as much as, as maybe some Warrior fans think or, or, or would hope. Uh, it come come the first round. Yeah, and I also think it's easy to say, let's play Kaminga more. But if Kerr looks up at that scoreboard and you know, it's Denver fifty-seven, Warriors fifty-two, and it's a grind, he's going to go to Otto Porter. He's going to go to Otto Porter before Kaminga. Now he may go to Kaminga before Porter early in a game trying to squeeze him in maybe four to six second quarter minutes, that kind of thing. Um, but I, 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 like I've been telling Guru, you know, Kaminga, I like finishing line. I'm like, Kaminga ain't finishing any games. No. I don't think he's finishing any games, but. Unless he's just awesome that night. And you're, right. And there's a momentum. Right. There's a tidal wave of he's playing great. And, and there's a group that's playing great, and you just don't pull them out. It, it almost yeah. kind of happens by accident if it's going to happen. Right. And I, I, and I do think um, I do think he's going to get some minutes. I just don't know how, how many crunch time minutes. I would say not many at all unless, you know, there's a little – there's something that's an outlier there. But I also think we're going to um, – we're going to find kind of out why Kaminga isn't playing in the postseason. And I think, I think there's a lot of little things that we don't see that Kerr sees that he can't let Kaminga get away with in big games. The, the good news for Kaminga is Steve Kerr is one of the rare coaches that will actually play 11 players in a, in a playoff game in a playoff series. 
because I, I think it, like that's going to give him a path to, to maybe getting at least a five or six minute shift in the first couple of games of, of these series. And then at that point, uh, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be on him. All right, let, let's yeah. call it right there. I know we're going to try and do uh, another one of these maybe later in the week, Friday, as as some yeah. of the news breaks and we get closer. Uh, we'll save the Memphis side of the bracket. That was the last thing we didn't get to among the things that I jotted down: the Memphis side versus the Phoenix side. We, we'll talk about that later in the week. Good stuff, my man. We'll we'll talk again here uh, as things progress. Uh, for Matt Steinmetz, I'm John Dickinson. Playoff edition of our Warriors Weekly Podcast. In the books for this one, uh, keep it locked on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.